0: Bible with me, I invite you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 18. And my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for showing us and teaching us what you have, have us to learn from. God, help us to make you the same things that David made you. Our strength, our stronghold, our place of refuge and safety. Lord, help us to rely upon you and you alone against every enemy we face, against every problem that arises. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and and everyone said, Amen. You may be seated tonight. You know, I don't know that we understand really what the word love means. Because it's more than just a fuzzy feeling. It's more than just uh, we, we tell each other and our, our family members and our husbands and our kids and so forth and our wives and stuff. I love you. Well, that's good to know, but we don't under, They don't understand your love unless they see it in action. It's got to to have be accompanied with action. It's just like if if I think it might have my my wife have a heart attack if I ever did the dishes while she was at work and she came home and saw they had already been done. But because like I said, so I'm, I'm actually trying to save her from that. But, but that would be an act of love. I do tell her I love her very much. I do look at the other things around the house, though, that show I love her. And I, and I take her places to show her I love her and things like that. So my love has actions to it. And that's what God is looking for. When you say, I love you, Lord, O oh Lord... He's actually saying, show me. And and the way that we do that is through service. We, We put ourselves in his hands and we begin to do the things that a Christian should do. Because, for instance, Jesus said to his disciples one day, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, that's what God is looking for you and I to do. He's looking at us to keep his commandments. He's looking at us to live out the word of God in our daily life so that others can see our love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm saying to us tonight is this, folks, is that we need to show the world that we love Jesus by living out the word of God in our lives. And when we do, they'll pay pay attention. They'll wake up and smell the coffee, so to speak. In other words, they'll notice something different about you than what's going on in their own life. And that'll <clears> give you a perfect opportunity, possibly, to tell them about Jesus because they're liable to come to you and say, What is it about you that's different than me? And then all of a sudden, I mean, talking about a wide open door, you can't mistake that. That had to be God. And so you just begin to share with them about. Love for God and, and what it means to show love to God, and, and then and explain also, of course, that He loves them and He loves you as well. In other words, we need to make sure that they understand the concept of love. That it's not just it, it's a love is actually uh, uh, for uh, the kind of love that God wants us to have. the agape love of God. He wants us to to show that to everyone we meet, to every single person alive. And we do that, like I said, by treating them in a a way that you wanted to be treated. Like that golden rule verse, I can't remember where it's located right now, I think it's in Luke, I'm not sure. But anyway, it says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I learned that back in kindergarten, did you know that? I'm 64 now, and about to be 65 next month. And I'm telling you, folks, that we need to have the Word of God in our hearts so we can recall it and live by it and and act upon it. And and like I said, to, to show somebody that you love them would be fulfilling that scripture. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not as they did unto you necessarily, but sometimes they do us bad, they do us wrong. But, you know, the Bible says don't repay evil for good. I mean, good. No, I don't remember. Anyways, something about we're not supposed to do something bad if they do something bad to us. We're mm-hmm. to return good yes, for sir. their evilness. That's what I'm trying to say. We're to treat them in the right manner. Matter of fact, I didn't have this in my notes because I didn't have anything prepared for this. The Lord just spoke this to me. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And I turned almost right to it. It's in verse 43. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Did you hear all that? Let me read it again. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I'm, I'm telling you folks that we need to pay attention to what this has just got to tell us that we don't return evil for evil, but we do good for those that treat us in evil. And so we need, to, <clears throat> we need to pay attention to these words that we just read in Matthew 5, 43. Because that's how we're supposed to act as a Christian. And that's how people are going to know that there's something different about us than there is about themselves. And they're, because they're going to treat you in a bad manner, maybe, but when you treat them good, for instance, let's let's say that you both work at the same place and they go into the office and they badmouth you to the boss, saying you're lazy, you're good for nothing, matter of fact, you shouldn't get promoted, you ought to probably actually be fired. They come out of there because they're up for the same position of authority or promotion that you are. And then you get called into the office. And then the boss says, so-and-so just told me all these things about you, and he lists them off as to what they were. And he says, what do you have to say to that? Well, they could take the road that leads to the same direction that that guy took and say, he's a liar. Let me say that right off the bat. He's a liar, and you can't trust anything that man says. He He's double-faced. He's two-faced. He acts one way around you, and then... When he's around other people in the company, he acts in a totally different manner. I mean, he could take that path. Or he could say, that's his opinion. Or he could say, you know, I, I believe that God has ordained this promotion for me to have it. And But don't, in other words, don't return evil for evil, is what I'm saying. Don't badmouth him just because he badmouthed you. You understand where I'm coming from now? Don't treat him in the same manner that he treated you. You you rise above. You, you go the extra mile. Matter of fact, that's another thing in Matthew five that talks about is it says if you're compelled to go one mile with somebody, then then go the extra mile. In other words, go another mile with them. Don't just stop at bare minimum. Don't don't just stop at just enough to get by. You want to make sure that you're blessing them so much. And and like I said, I've had people come into my office, but at other churches I've pastored, never here, praise God. But I have had it happen to me at other churches, and I got told off by some people. And they told me I wasn't worth the dynamite to blow me up with, more or less. In other words, they, they didn't like some of the things I was doing. But you know what? I took it, and I said, bless you, I'm going to pray for you, and that's how I handled it. And then, lo and behold, they leave the church, but then two months, three months later, they came back, and they ate crows, so to speak. They came into my office, and just like they told me off, they did this. They said, pastor, I should never have said those things about you. I'm so sorry please forgive me. And I said, I already forgave you back when you did. There's nothing to forgive. You understand where I'm coming from? In other words, I could have went right back off on him. I could have said, well, guess what? You're not the best member of this church either. But I didn't. I'm saying is, folks, that we can treat people the way they treat us, or we can treat them like we want to be treated. And that's with respect and respect dignity, and and things of that nature. So we need to understand that for David to say, I love you O Lord, means that he was going to do everything the scriptures taught him to do. And and that means that we need to understand tonight, folks, that Jesus said if you love me, keep my commandments, so do that. And then it says the very next part of that verse says this. In Psalms 18 again. It says, my strength. He calls the Lord his strength. That word strength means to be like a rock. In other words, you're you're more powerful than anything I'm ever going to come across, Lord. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to count on you. I'm going to depend on you. I'm not going to waver in my decision making. I'm going to let my yes be yes my no be no. And And all that good stuff. And so, anyway, then it says in verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. That word fortress means a place of safety and protection. In other words, look to the Lord to be the one who protects you and takes care of you. Don't don't be looking around for... Don't be following horoscopes and saying, Okay, it says... If I do this, this is going to happen to me. That kind of stuff is nothing but witchcraft, folks. It's sorcery. It's witchcraft. You need to stay away from it. Tarot cards, same thing. Ouija boards, same thing. Stay away from it all, because it's all sorcery. It's all witchcraft. And I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that we need to make God our fortress, our place of protection, so that we don't count on the Lunar, lunar eclipse to take place with Neptune crossing over to such and such area of the sky. We we don't need that kind of junk because that's nothing but hocus pocus and, and lies straight from the hell itself. Straight from hell itself. And we need to be seeking the Lord. We need to make Him our place of protection. And so whenever we do that He's, going, he's promised us that He will do so. He will provide our protection for us. He will take care of us. He'll meet our every need. I prayed that as a a prayer this morning. I mean, this afternoon at the nursing home. I prayed for an individual, for God to put his head uh, to, uh, not put his head to venue, but to uh, meet his every need through Christ Jesus, uh, the riches of Christ Jesus. In other words, we need to understand tonight, folks, that God wants us counting upon him and not upon other people or anything else. And then it says, my deliverer. In other words, if we become slaves to things, we, we maybe become a, a slave to things that are sinful or it may just be bad habits. In other words, not necessarily sinful in themselves, but something that might, could lead to a sinful thing if we're not careful. And so what what I'm saying is is that we need to be sure that we're not addicted to anything. Paul said that everything is lawful for me, but I'm not not under the power of any of them. In other words, we need to understand that God wants us to live above those things of, of the world. And so when we do that, we show people the love of Jesus. We show them the love of God. We show them our love. We show them that that we are in love with the Lord God ourselves. We show him that we're counting upon him to be the one who saves us from our enemies. He's our deliverer. We're not looking to man. We're not looking to our spouse. We're not looking to our children. We're not looking to anyone else other than God himself to deliver us from the the difficulties that we have in life and from the evil things that come against us. The evil forces of I think we're making the devil mad with this word tonight, to tell you the truth. I think he's getting his back hairs up. I think he's about to come back at me after hearing this word like this, because I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that's why I think God had us gather together at the beginning and pray like we did, and then I finished it with let let us do major damage to the kingdom of darkness, because that's what we're about to, that's what we're to be about, is to do major damage to the kingdom of darkness and his his domain. And then in verse 2 it says also, My God, my strength. Let me back up and just say something real quick about that expression, my God. That's personal, folks. He's saying that you're not just a God, but you're my God. In other words, he's claiming him. <clears throat> as the one that he is serving. And he's, and he's one his followers, that those that are under his command, he wants them to do the same thing. So he says, my God, my strength, that word strength, let me see here, it says, actually means rock. The place of, of steadiness and, and, and steadfastness. In whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation. That word horn actually means <laughs> it's symbolic of strength, power, and victory. That's where it symbolizes a horn is in this Old Testament scripture. And so we need to understand tonight, folks, that God will give us our victory. He will, he will give us the ability overcome any and all strongholds in our life. A stronghold is a, is a he's my stronghold. A stronghold is a place of defense. A stronghold is a place of that's fortified against the things of the world. And we need to understand in, in this sense it is. Now there's another place in the New Testament where it says we are to uh, bring down strongholds. Well now that's talking about the, the evil So there's two different interpretations to it but this one means that that we are to uh, be look to him to be the fortified place of our protection and safety and so forth. And then it says in verse number three, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be pra- Oh, yeah I read the rest of Who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from my enemies. Delivered Everybody needs, in this room right now, needs to make God that same thing that David does right here in these three verses. He needs to be your strength. He needs to be your stronghold. He needs to be your rock. And, like I said, in your fortress. He needs to be all of these things. He needs to be your everything, actually. Let me rephrase it. He needs to be your everything. So, not just those four things that I mentioned, but everything, everything you have need of, you can find in God. You can find in Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that when we do, and we claim these verses as our own, and begin to live out these verses on a daily basis, that's when you get to do some major damage to the kingdom of God. You begin. Take, you, you, you begin to live offensively, offensively, not offensively, offensively, like in a football game. You're on the offense, you can score points. Defense be, can score points if they intercept or get a fumble or whatever, but most of the time they don't get those things. Uh, what I'm saying is defense means that I'm on guard and I need to be that as well. But the best defense is actually a good offense. In other words, I need to take it to the devil and not wait for the devil to take it to me. I need to come come at him tooth and toenail, tell him where how the cow ate the cabbage, tell him where he can get off. I, I don't need to be letting the devil beat me up. I need to be beating the devil up. And I can do it through Christ. Through the power of the cross, yes. I have that authority. And that's why we pray for those prayer needs that we pray for. We're not just spouting off words. At least I don't, and I hope you not. We're, we're saying them in faith, believing that God is hearing those words, and he's already beginning to act upon those words and to bring about this thing that we're asking him for. Yeah. Because the Bible says this. Let me finish finish off with this. It's in 1 John 5. And then I'm closing out. 1 John 5. It said in verses 14 and 15. Listen to what it says very carefully here. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. Now that word confidence, let me look it up. But I want to read something. I'm going to look at something first here. Okay. Uh, Confidence. I'm going to look it up. boldness, outspokenness, unreserved utterance, cheerful courage, freedom of speech, and the opposite of cowardice, timidity, or fear. Here it denotes an unprofessional people exhibiting spiritual power and authority. So, we need to understand tonight, folks, that it says we can have that confidence we can speak those things out boldly, believing that we're going to have those things in Christ. And it says, confidence that we have in Him, in Christ, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of. In other words, it's a sure thing. If I'm praying according to the will of God over a certain particular And I know what the will of God is in that particular situation that's going on. And I pray specifically for that situation, that way, for that situation. I can be sure that He's hearing every word I speak. And when I do know that He's heard every word I speak, I can know that His answer is coming forth. So I'm here to tell you tonight, folks. Don't give up on your prayers. My mom is a prime example we prayed. She was on death's door almost, or probably was. And then all of a sudden, we prayed. And everybody else in the South Texas history started praying. And, and everybody else that I could get a hold of to talk to and ask about, would you pray for my mom? Even got prayed for by the residents at the Whispering Oaks Nursing Home that we meet with. I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight, that prayer works. I'm, I'm evidence of that as well. Not just my mom, but I am. My mom prayed and prayed and prayed. My brother prayed, prayed, and prayed. My family prayed and prayed and prayed. And the churches that they were involved with prayed and prayed and prayed. And all of a sudden, here I am. So what I'm saying is it may take a little while for those answers to come through. But don't give up on it. God's going to do it in his time, though. And in his way. And when he does, don't be surprised. Let me finish it off with one more thing. I'm closing the second time. There was a time that Peter was in prison. And it says that there were some people in a certain house praying earnestly for him that he would be released. That he would not be executed after all. And all of a sudden God does exactly what they ask. And here he comes, knocking on the door. And then all of a sudden there's uh the lady comes to the door and, and doesn't answer the door, but she opens the window hole or something, sees that it is Peter, and then she shuts it and goes back and tells everybody, Hey, Peter's outside. And they said, Oh, you're you're full of it. It can't be Peter. He's in prison. What have they been praying for? His release. You see what I'm saying? Don't be surprised when the answer comes, even if it doesn't come in the manner you it might come yet. We, we've got to be thankful for the fact that God is, however He chooses to do so. And I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that God is still on the throne. He is; He's still in charge of everything in this world. You know, the Bible does say that the Prince of the Air it has authority, and He does, but His power is not as Strong as God's is, never has been, never will be, and we can know that for a fact. And we need to act upon that, and we need to live in accordance with that. And and that's why we can confidently go before God in His throne room, praying for times, in times need grace and mercy. I want to finish out by going back to. First John five again. I think this. First John. Uh, I think I really am close now. This time it says in verse sixteen, if anyone sees his brother sinning. may have confidence of free access and boldness of speech and <clears throat> any request to him. There's a, a word that, that said we can come boldly to the throne of grace and glory. Maybe it's Hebrews. Maybe it's Hebrews 4. But it said we can come to his throne in times let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need that's Hebrews 4 verse number 16 and I'm here to tell you tonight folks that that's what God is looking for he's looking for people that will come to him because he's the one that's going to meet your need, and he's looking for people who are going to live in accordance with Word throughout their life.
1: Live righteously
0: and holy and pure. And he's also looking for somebody that's going to tell the devil where to get off. He's looking for somebody that's got a lot of boldness to him. I don't know if I can say the word I was thinking about saying, so I better not. Uh, I don't know what it actually means. But anyways, uh, what we need to understand is, is that God wants us to come boldly to not not trying to tell God off or tell God you've got to do this or do that, whatever. But that just means with an expectation. Confidently expecting that God is going to come through and that he's going to meet that need. And that's how we do major damage to the kingdom of darkness tonight. is by doing what God's word says for us to do. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the word that you but through in my mouth. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we have listened to it with the Ten of Hearts, with the desire the desire, with the desire to follow after it, to complete it in our life, to, to live it out, And Lord, we ask your God that when somebody does treat us wrong, cut us off in traffic, whatever, then Lord, help us to do what we can to show them kindness and in, in a sweet, loving Help us, Lord, to treat those who do us wrong in the manner that we want to be done, not necessarily how we've got done. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for using this word tonight to speak to us, guide and direct our steps. Father. Help us to walk in your ways and keep your statutes and commandments. And, Lord, help us to love our enemies. Help us, Lord, to take to heart the words that we Tonight, and make God our defense, place of defense, place of safety, place of security. God help us to make him our fortress and our rock and our strength and our stronghold. Lord, we just thank you, God, for helping us to, to see God in that manner and to live with Him as being those things to us, as He was to King David. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for using this word to penetrate our hearts. With you. Use us in days ahead to, to live this word out. So we might be better examples of who Christ Jesus is in our Heavenly Father. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen. Appreciate y'all. We love you very much. God bless you. Pastor would we dismiss this Mr. Love y'all. God bless you. You can consider yourselves dismissed.